Brian Breaker. You're a little whiny baby. Bane. Don't assume my gender. Friend since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F*** you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. <laughs> Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser With the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from doubters Put in the stake in the shower, break up and bitch, power, power Yeah, hello, uh, hello, hello Hello, hello, welcome to the show, uh, yeah, hello, 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 welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling sound, it is episode 323 a Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I am Brian Breaker, and of course, being joined with me, as always, Big Underscore Bane. What is going on, man? Dude, not a whole lot. You're just excited to be here, aren't you? Oh, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm loving this quarantine life. Quarantine life, yeah. But, you know, still go to work and possibly get infected by people. Absolutely, yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the way it is. And by the way, we're going to give you more work and pay you the same. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much that's it. Uh, we got some movie talk this week. We're going to uh, go into a little bit of toy talk. Of course, we got some wrestling talk. Lots of wrestling to talk about. Uh, Mitchell Lee will be our guest this week. He was on the show a couple of years ago as Big Rig Billy Ray. Used to be a ring announcer. Now kind of just uh, moving away from the wrestling business. Kind of getting into a dad life, as you'll hear all about. Uh, so he's it's uh, always fun to talk with him. We got him coming up for the next two weeks. Uh, Big underscore Bane, man. This is going on a long time. I'm talking about the quarantine. Yeah. Like, did you think it was going to be over by now? I, I had no idea what to think. Honestly, I kind of thought, like, I'd be dead by now. <laughs> I mean, it's all the places I go to throughout the day. And now it's, like, double, you know? It's, it's like, hey, I'm probably going to be dead. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird time, man. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm getting more and more, like, I don't want to say concerned, but just more and more, like, wow, what is, what is happening here, you know, as the weeks yeah. go on? Well, I mean... It's it's one of those things like I know I know this is a very polarizing subject, but it's one of those things where I feel like if things don't start shifting soon, we might see ourselves become a third world country. You know, it looks like that. Like, doesn't it? Very well on the way. Well, what's weird? And I've talked about this before, maybe not on here, but uh, before this, I always thought one business that was always going to be safe was restaurants mm-hmm. because people are always going to eat. Yeah, whether it's carry out, dine in, fast food, whatever people have to eat mm-hmm. and yeah cooking at home is typically cheaper but there's always those days where you're like let's go out yeah you know, i don't want to eat at home i don't want to clean up i don't want to do that yeah. and um obviously you can still get food to go um but you know dine-in restaurants are you think that's going to become kind of almost a thing of the past here i mean i think i think it'll eventually open back up but i don't, I don't think that it's going to be 
as like I don't think it will be packed in like sardines like it used to be. Right. I, I think they'll have to spread things out in the dining room and and it, you might see a place that would normally be seating for like 150 drop down to like a seating for 70 or something like that. You Basically, know? there's a space where every table used to be. Right. And, and that I, could be. I, th- I think that might kind of become the new norm, which I mean is is going to be frustrating for a lot of people who actually enjoy those seatings. I, me personally, I've always been a big fan of taking stuff like from restaurants at home. You know, like if, if so, this we, hasn't really affected you in that regard too much. No, and I mean, occasionally, me and the wife used to, you know, go out on dates, but like it, it most of the time when we actually had those nights to ourselves, we'd be like, ah, just order like from Chili's to go or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and and that way we could get like not not that Chili's is fancy, but you know what I mean, like <laughs> hey, them Southwest egg girls are right, fancy, bro, right? You know, but I mean, like it's it's like we can get something that's not fast food, but we can have it at home, sure, and um, and so it's. I don't know. It, I think uh, who knows, man. It's it's wild. It definitely is. Well, I know uh, back in the day, um, pizza places. I felt like there was a lot more set down pizza places. Mm-hmm. That's kind of not really a thing anymore. I feel like most of yeah. them, most of them are to go. Yeah, like most of them are built just as a to go restaurant where mm-hmm. they don't even really have tables. So, do you think that could become a thing with most restaurants where it's just a to go place? That's it. I it it could be. I mean, we it could be one of those things where we see more, or maybe more, um, like maybe more branches, like uh, like maybe we see like Chili's actually make a Chili's to go building, you know, yeah. and and like on the border, on the border to go building, yeah, you yeah. know, and instead of just it being a little side window that you go or a side door that you go through to to get your order, it's like an actual separate building. I mean, I don't know. I mean, because like you said, I mean, there's not a whole lot of pizza places, but I mean, there are, there, there are some, there are some, but, but it's not nearly as many as it used to be because like, you can't really go into a Domino's anymore and sit down and eat. Right. I mean, I know most Domino's are to go mm-hmm. only, uh, most pizza huts I feel like are to go yeah, only. They've really shifted in that direction. But dude, I remember as a kid and we talked about this before, you know, a very popular pizza place around here was simple Simon's. Yeah. It was a sit down place. We used to go a lot. They had a little mini arcade. Mm-hmm. There's Mazio's Pizza, which I think is still a sit down place, but yeah, well, Simple Simon's is too, but there's not as many, right? And uh, you know, I mean, I know there's like a CC's Pizza, which is like a pizza buffet, and the pizza yeah. buffets are are still fairly common, but like the sit down actual pizza places, I right. feel like are are, and they're not a thing of the past. They're just kind of not as common, right? I feel like it's kind of like the CD, you know, like yep. CDs still come out, yeah. But when's the last time you bought a CD? Right, you know, it's been a while, so. Yep. That's kind of what I what I'm thinking anyway, but you know it is what it is. Um, we're just going to hopefully get through this best we can. Um, sure. One thing I'm curious about, though, of course, WrestleMania. We're going to talk about that. Uh, WrestleMania 36 was supposed to be in Tampa Bay, um, eighty thousand plus. Yep. Do you think that's a thing of the past? Arenas holding that many people? Yeah, it could be. You know, because I understand how that's dangerous. Yeah. But to me, it's like well. How is a like a restaurant with a hundred people? Right. As they, you know, that I get eighty thousand right. people, a hundred people in a Chili's. I don't know. Right. I mean, I, they could be even, but even if they cut that in half, it's still a lot of people. That's still forty thousand people. Right. Packed into an arena. I mean, it might not look nearly as bad or, or as packed, but like that's a ton of people in one place. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I personally think places like the BOK, where it's like. 10,000, 12,000, whatever 10, it is. 10, 15, yeah. Like, I feel like that's probably max of what uh, an arena should be. 
Right. Well, I mean, I guess it's different because it's an outdoor stadium. They can make it indoor, outdoor type yeah, of thing. But, but, he, but to me, even still, like being outdoors, that's still that's way too many people in one it, place. It's a lot of people for sure. I don't, I don't see how you folks do that. That that would stress me the hell out. Being oh well, I I was actually like kind of having anxiety about WrestleMania itself. Yeah, but that wasn't really why I was going. I was going more to see right. everybody. That was just kind of like a cherry on top of like, well, okay, I've never seen a WrestleMania, so this will be right. fun to see one time. Yeah, that was my my thinking going into it. But yeah, it's definitely. I I knew it was going to be a stressful day, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um, going into something like that would have to be. But one thing too, like you know. Handshakes are, are handshakes a thing of the past now? Yeah, they should be. But here's the thing: I, I I didn't like handshakes before this whole thing, right? Because I was always of the mindset, especially with men, you know, at some point that that hand had a dick in it, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> see, I, that's why we need drops back right there, right? Yeah, and and it's like I don't, I don't, I don't well, want to shake that. It person's could be hand. the same for women too. Like, let's be honest. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, it's it's like I just don't like handshakes. Yeah, but it's not very often. Like I I go for a handshake with a girl anyway. That's true. You just go straight in for the hug. Just go straight or the kiss or you know whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing though about the handshake that I think is going to be difficult. If someone reaches their hand out to you, mm-hmm. it's instinctual you shake their hand. Right. Even if you had no intention of doing so, yep. it's hard to break that habit. Oh, yeah. So I feel like it's going to be a weird, like, uh, 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 look, let's just, just fist bump. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, geez, what the hell's up with this guy? Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with the fist bump, but even then, you know, it's it's like, ah, I don't know. I remember actually. I'm being, just, I'm good with it. Just a little, little hey, how's I, it going? A little a head, wave. N- head nod. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that big a deal either. I actually remember being in NXT. This is kind of an inside story for you guys. Regal, when he would have allergies, mm-hmm. he wouldn't shake anyone's hand. Yeah. And um, people would come up, Mr. Regal, reach out the hand. He'd be like, oh, allergies. Yeah. And they'd be like, all right. And it was always that awkwardness. Yeah. But looking back, and I'm sure some people were like, man, what's up with this guy? Yeah. Looking back at it, now they're like, wow, he was smart. Right, yeah. So... I don't know, man. It's a weird thing. Yeah. But anyway, what do you say we uh, dive into a little bit of wrestling talk here? Let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break, cracking them, buying energies. Listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out Stone Cold. So, Big Underscore Bane, of course, WrestleMania 36, the granddaddy of them all is this past uh, Sunday. Well, this past Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Two-night event, obviously no fans in attendance. Definitely a different presentation than we've ever seen before mm-hmm. in the 36 years that is WrestleMania. Overall, uh, did you watch the both shows and your thoughts on what you saw? I think for what it was, obviously, it's a totally different vibe when there is not a crowd. Absolutely. Uh, but for what it was, I thought it was a fantastic show. Honestly. No, I, I agree. Well, I mean, it wasn't perfect. I mean, I, I could have gone without Baron Corbin versus Elias for, you know, instance. I could have gone without the Raw Tag but, title match, and, too. And that as well. I mean, there was a few matches that I didn't really need and that I kind of felt were just thrown up there to kill time. But... Um, Overall, I thought it was a a fantastic show. I mean, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman, holy crap. 
You know, yeah, no, I know you were all about it. Freaking greatest match of the year. Yeah. What about that exciting four-minute main event from Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar? I, I, I give Brock Lesnar a pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> he can he can go out there and just draw. He can, they could they could do the uh, little finger poke of doom with Brock, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's that's cool. I'm good with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, we saw both nights had something a little bit different. Of course, a very topical thing, which was the cinematic presentations of the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse. Um, very very different from each other. Yeah. Um, very. A lot of opinions were based on these. Um, so I didn't actually see the Boneyard match first. I was working that night. So I saw the Firefly Funhouse match, and I'm watching it with my nephew. And he kept asking me, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And I kept telling him, I don't know. Yeah. It was a very, very bizarre thing. Now, after you kind of sat back and kind of dissected it, it was, it was very, very well put together. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that? I loved it. I there hasn't been a whole lot that they've done with Bray Wyatt that I haven't been a fan of mm-hmm. as far as the fiend goes, uh, fiend versus Goldberg being one of the few exceptions to that. But it, it, I just thought, I, I thought it was really well done. And I feel like whoever's in charge of this whole cinematic universe that they're putting together is killing it. See, I kind of have a different opinion on that. I didn't hate it. Let me just say that. But when you advertise a match, at least AJ and the Undertaker was a fight. Yeah, this was not. This was totally a different thing. It was a squash match. I mean, he, he gave him the old sister Abigail. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was done in such a different way. And and I mean, John Cena was beating the crap out of you know uh, old Husky Husky Harris, <laughs> the the pig. Yeah, I mean, hey, there was some fighting going on in there. Yeah, but it was just so different. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's hard. I mean, I, I, I I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not a match. Right. And. My whole thing is I've talked to a couple of people about this. I'm like, okay, so if you're walking into the arena expecting to see The Fiend with a WrestleMania entrance, mm-hmm. and that's what you got, I think that whole crowd's booing the shit out of you. But if there was a crowd in there, they wouldn't have gotten that. No. No, not at all. That's why we got it is because there wasn't a crowd. Yeah, but that looked a little planned. Like, you don't just well, slap so that. Instead of so the Boneyard match. Yeah, but you don't slap that together in a week, I don't think. No, but I mean, so I kind of have a feeling that may have been part of the plan all along, and they may have pivoted how they ended it or something. But I, I think they pivoted immediately when they thought that they might have to cancel Mania. Yeah, like before it was even finalized and official. I think immediately they were like, okay, we need to set this up for if we have to, you know, have an empty arena. Yeah. And I think that's the same reason with the last man standing, why it was 90% backstage. Right. Because it looked a lot better there. Right. And so it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't have been that way if it was, you know, 80,000 screaming fans. It probably would have been out, out in front of everybody. Yeah. For the most part. I think they would have went around, but I think it would have came back. Right. Or ended it on the stage or something. And honestly, probably the Boneyard match probably wouldn't have been cinematic either. No. Well, and that was the thing is like, I was okay with it starting that way, but I'm like, I feel like kind of like the boiler room brawl or whatever, any of those type of matches, it's got to come back yeah. to the ring. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then it's like, eh. yeah. So, I, but that being said, I really enjoyed that for what it was mm-hmm. because I thought that was a really cool way. And I don't know if it's the undertaker's last thing he'll do. I personally think it probably should be. Really? I do. Yeah. I think they could do this another couple of years. Yeah. But I mean, he didn't take one bump. No, he didn't. But he still gave a tombstone. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got bad knees. Sure. He still did some stuff that, I mean, he's he's 
playing against Father Time. Oh, well, big time, yeah. And they captured lightning in the bottle. Mm -hmm. Do you try to do that twice? I think with this you do. I don't know. Unless it's like they finally do something with him and Sting. How many Rocky movies do you need? You know what I mean? But but at the same time, (laughs) no, I absolutely agree. But at the same time, they did too many. Right, yeah. But then it's... It's one of those things. This is the first Undertaker movie we've gotten. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's been actually in front of everybody, but this is the first movie we've gotten as far as as far as that goes. I think they could at least do one more. And if they did like an Undertaker Sting or an Undertaker not Mankind, but I mean like somebody else, like even Undertaker Stone Cold. Yeah. Because I, I think it would be still really well done. And and it could be, but it's like but now you're you're pivoting from what you wanted. You wanted that one last match. This wasn't a match. I mean, it was awesome. I loved every right. second of it, but it wasn't a match. It wasn't a match. It no. was a movie. And, and that's a, that's why I think it, it could still work is because they, they're not matches. But yeah. I think I think right now, not that they need to have the entire show be this, but I think they really need to start thinking outside of the box like this and doing more cinematic stuff. Well, because the empty arena is not cutting it. It's it's not. Well, it's not good. I mean, it's. It's so even even as good as the, a lot of those matches were, it was so hard for me to sit there and watch WrestleMania. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with how bad the talent was or anything like that because everybody in there was great. I mean, the card was pretty stacked. It's just so difficult to watch when there's no like atmosphere at all. Goldberg's like ah, and like we're just there's no sounds. Right. Well, yeah. and you could tell like guys like Goldberg, he was the main one. A lot of the other guys were able to fake it, but he was the main one where. You could tell he just didn't give a shit to be there. Yeah. Because he didn't do his normal, like, give himself a concussion as he exited the door. He didn't have the title around his waist. He had it over his shoulder. He didn't have pyro. He didn't didn't smoke. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you could tell he was like, I don't, let's just get this over with. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's the whole thing is it was, it was presented in such a different way. But oddly enough, one format I think that would work is if they went back to like the superstars tapings. Yeah. Where it's. Three or four, like basically enhancement matches, mm-hmm. a lot of interviews and setup for the big shows. Well, and I think I think that probably is something they ought to start looking looking towards. Because if you had a Monday Night Raw, and it's hard now because Raw is three hours, right? Where Superstars was like what an hour, so forty five right. minutes after commercials, right? But if they, you know, like okay, we're gonna have Braun Strowman versus local guy, we're gonna have the Street Profits versus two local guys, yeah. And, you know, in our main event, it'll be Kevin Owens versus Buddy Murphy. Right. And so, that would be your actual good match. That would be your actual good match. Again, it's not long. It's eight minutes. Right. It's still fairly short. And in between, we'll have a we'll have a Seth Rollins promo. We'll have a this guy, you know, whoever it is. We'll have the women do a promo. Yeah. We'll have all this stuff so that at the end of it, it's not like, oh, my God, is this over yet? Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes, and that's the case where less is more mm-hmm. most of the time. I will say I'm really glad they stretched it over two nights because that would have been hard to watch in one setting. Yes, but and really I think that, I think this is a good test run because this is something that they've been rumored to do for a while anyway. Yeah, so this could have been a test run for them to see how well it works. Absolutely, and I I, mean, I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I think so. From based on what they had, like you said, yeah, it could have been a whole lot worse. I'd kind of change gears. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring. There's been a couple episodes aired since we last talked about it. How about the uh, the Brawl for All episode and the New Jack episode. Let's, let's talk about that New Jack episode. <laughs> that one's something, isn't it? Because, my God, uh, that guy is just an absolute maniac. I mean, I don't want him to hear this and come find me and stab me. Yeah, I'm going to have to. That, that's but, a direct opinion of Big Underscore Bane. But that guy is an absolute maniac. Uh, and I just, 
cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah. You know, and it's freaking a, I just, I, 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 I get like some of his reasoning behind a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But his, his, even his, He's his actions based on the reasoning is way over the top, over the top, big time, you know, and I know he said he had seen some stuff growing up, you know, with his, with his home life and stuff like that. And a lot it's of like, violence and I, things like that. I don't, I, I don't fault them. They know that sucks, but like, Holy shit, man. But you also have to make your own decisions. Bust up just innocent people, and it's like, yeah, come on. And that, uh, not even the mass transit guy, the guy that he threw off the scaffolding, who was that? Vic Grimes. Vic Grimes, like, good God, like, legitimately trying to kill the guy. Yeah. That's insane. I just don't. I I don't know. There's still part of that I think is kind of a work. You think so? Okay. He's on top of a scaffolding. Right. I'm I'm considerably taller than you, right? Sure, yeah. But without cooperation, am I throwing you off that? I don't know. I mean, did you tase me before? <laughs> still. <laughs> still. And I'm not saying that he wasn't trying to hurt the guy, but right. you don't go up there. One of you's got to fall off. Sure, yeah. Like, that's part of the plan. I think maybe he meant to throw Vic further than he than he actually did, and maybe Vic thought he was going to land safely. I don't know, but yeah. it looked to me like he was prepared to go off. Well, I... I've, That's after watching the footage a few times. You know? Right, well, and, and I've seen that footage even before this documentary. I just had always assumed that it was a misstep, you know, like a miscue. Yeah. Like, maybe he was supposed to go through all those tables, he missed them, and almost died. Yeah, because he hit the ropes right. and then bounced back in, right. which is crazy. But as Jim Cornette said on there, it's the luck of fools. He's yes. el- not at least paralyzed. Yes. Which and, I thought was a great quote. And so it just crazy documentary. And, it really was. And then come like that. Uh, it's crazy to think of everything that he's done and the things that he admits to doing that he's not in jail. Yeah. Stabbing the guy in the ring like yeah. nine times or whatever it was. And it's and it's one of those things like I don't know if maybe there is a uh, Maybe there's some sort of wrestler's clause in the in the law books that you know. Like, I don't think if, if you're in the wrestling ring, anything goes. Yeah, <laughs> I just I it's it's wild to me though. Like, well, and they they talked about that on there. Like D'Lo Brown's, like you know, like was it a you know attempted murder? He said, I think throwing someone off the scaffold right on that line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? So yeah, it was definitely crazy. Uh, the brawl for all episode I really enjoyed because I it was not nearly as dark. Yes. More just a retelling of something that happened that was a terrible idea. Yeah. So I remember when the brawl for all happened. And even as, you know, we were, it was 98. So we were what, sixth, seventh grade. We weren't real old. But it was, it was weird enough to know, even at that time, I'm like, this is weird. Right. I didn't really know what I was watching. Yep. And, it, and I've heard before, it didn't, they didn't really say it on the documentary, but it's like, if you present something as real mm-hmm. on your show, does that mean everything else is not real? Yeah. And that's a huge problem. Yeah. Um, I think, I've, and I've said this before, I think the Brawl for All concept could work if, A, it was his own, it's its own thing, mm-hmm. and you gave guys time to train for it, and then also gave them time off to recover from it. Right. That's the problem that, the, that they didn't do, and so many injuries happened because of it. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And, of course, you know, I've heard that longstanding rumor it was meant – for Dr. Death to win, yeah. and that make him a top guy. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting that it was meant for him to win, and it was also meant for JBL to get his ass kicked. Well, according to Vince Russo. Right. And uh, that's uh, it's interesting. Well, it is. And what's funny about that is someone on Twitter pointed this out. They're like, people can throw this at Vince Russo all they want. 
McMahon approved it and kept it going. Right, yeah. Till the end. Yeah, it's really not his fault. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's an ideas guy. Vince McMahon is the executioner. Yes. And so, I, I, I don't know. I mean... Terrible idea. Absolutely. I mean, horrible yeah. execution. I think it was... What's interesting to me, and this is something I never really thought about, but Bart Gunn came out of it like, wow. And, you know, at the time, he was part of the new Midnight Express. He was at, in no way, I don't think, considered a a guy that they were going to do a lot with at this point. No. Because we saw Billy Gunn's ascension into DX. Bart Gunn was just kind of doing nothing. Right. This was a career resurgence, 100%, and it did not happen at all. I don't think they expected him to go past Bob Holly. I don't think they did either. Because, I mean, everybody knows Bob Holly's tough as nails. I Well, and even then, I don't think they expected him to go past Bart Gunn. Right. Or, I mean, not Bart Gunn, uh, Dr. Death. Right. Because even they kind of talked about that, because he even said, oh, did you change around the, ba- the bracket? Yeah. And like, oh, good luck with Dr. Death. Yeah. Yeah. And he freaking knocked him and out. And they were all making fun of him, like saying, like, oh, you're going to knock out Dr. Death, huh? <laughs> and he did. He sure as hell did. And then he knocked out the Godfather. Then he knocked out Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah. I guess the only guy he didn't knock out was Bob Holly, which I, I've heard Bob Holly say in uh, interviews. He's like, I was very proud of the fact that I was the only one he didn't knock out. Yeah. Well, it, it, to Bob's credit, I mean, he's one of the few guys. I mean, not that that got him over, but like, I feel like it didn't. Like he did pretty good for himself out outside of that. Yeah, I mean, he kept up his reputation as being tough as shit. Yeah, the entire time in his WWE career. Absolutely. After that, absolutely. But yeah, it was an interesting episode. And then of course, kind of getting the the thought that they put him in there with Butterbean to kind of kill off the momentum he had gained. Yeah, that, and that seems like a WWE move, and I don't get that. That really like. Ag- Again, I mean, I think we all knew that that's what happened, but actually hearing it from like guys like Jr. and and, and uh, Cornette, Cornette, and it's like, God, really? Come on, like that's yeah. that's so stupid. Because here's a guy who was doing nothing, and then you guys say like, Hey, the winner of this tournament, and it's a real tournament. The winner of this tournament gets a program with Steve Austin, and it's like your dark horse actually wins the damn thing, and then you say, Oh, no hard feelings, pal. Right. It's like, good God. Well, and there, there's uh, there's been that long-standing debate. Like I said, it was supposed to be for Dr. Death. Right. So it's not a work, but it is a work. Right. But then you, you tell people, oh, it's not a work, you know, and then <laughs> it and doesn't go according to plan. Right. Well, and it's, That's why we work things. <laughs> right. And it's and it's one of those things, like, maybe they should have pulled Bart aside, like, listen, if you want to keep your job, yeah, let, let Dr. Death go over. Well, and that, but that was the thing too. They're also paying guys to win, right? They're paying, you know, they're paying, right. they're paying them X amount to be in the tournament to begin with. They're paying them for wins, right? So, <laughs> yeah, it's like I wonder if he got that seventy five thousand dollars check. Did they? Uh, did they mention that? I they didn't. Um, Bob Holly did a, a podcast with Jim Ross years ago, and they talked about this. Mm-hmm. And the rumor was Doctor Death had already been paid. Oh, for the winning of the tournament? And, of course, Jim Ross denied it, and Bob Holly goes, no, I, and I don't know, but that's what we all heard. So, yeah, that created... Right. And so, yeah, Bart Gunn's planning to knock him out. Yeah. Absolutely. He, they might as well put a bullseye on the guy, and Doc's a, well, as tough as they come, but right. yeah. anyone can be knocked out. Right. So yeah. Well, and also, too, I mean, didn't he, he, like, tore his hamstring or something like that? And you could see it. In the middle of the fight, and it's like, so... Yeah, they. I can't remember. Was it Cornette that said like he became legitimately a one-legged man in an ass kicking contest? Well, also too, a guy that did very well. They don't really talk about was Draws. Yeah, he. Uh, I know he beat Hawk in the yeah. first round. I think he beat Savio, and then he got up to JBL. And even Cornette's like, I'm giving this one to Draws. Yeah, but they awarded Bradshaw the win. Yeah, but again, it was it's hard. Like, what is it? What's a takedown? What's you know? Right. All the it was it was it was crap. 
Anyway, let's uh, let's take a break from the wrestling and dive into a little bit of movie talk here. Let's do it. This is Breakup and Bane up at the movies. Yeah, this is Breakup and Bane up at the movies. Yeah, this is Breakup and Bane up at the movies. Yeah, this is Breakup and Bane up at the movies. Yeah. All right, fellas. Go ahead and take it from here. What you got now? I'll tell you what we got now. Big underscore Bane. How about the debut of the Big Show show on Netflix? Yes, really good show. You enjoyed it, huh? I I, I thought it was thought it was great. It was exactly what we were hoping it would be. Yeah, you know, a, a classic family comedy. It's only eight episodes. Yeah, I haven't watched it all yet. I have watched a little bit. I actually really enjoyed Jalil White as his buddy. Yeah, I thought that was a good role for him. And you know what's funny is I haven't seen Jalil White in a ton of stuff. No. I mean, obviously, if anyone doesn't know, that's Steve Urkel. But, you know, I thought this was a a pretty fun show. And also, too, what's good about it is it, it's not super wrestling heavy. Yeah. So I think most people could enjoy it. It's just this former pro wrestler that's brought back into reality. Yep. And you know, what's funny is they don't actually refer to him as Paul. He's known as Show. Yeah. That was one thing I was going to mention. Like, that that's the only thing about this show that kind of catches me off guard is like yeah even his wife is like come on show you know it's like, yeah oh all right <laughs> but in the credits it says paul white yeah yeah <laughs> very, like, very strange I'd, I'd feel weird if like my wife was like all right bane you ready to go <laughs> yeah yeah it would be it'll be a little bit different um yeah well i it, it did have some good funny moments like the when they're getting the alligator cameras and stuff yeah. ready yeah. it had some actual funny stuff i thought right so i thought they did pretty well with it so i'm hoping you know a second season happens yeah i think it'll be good and i think this could lead to more projects like this because i think this was a good good idea for him yeah you know? not to mention the wife is a smoke show yeah man big fan of hers oh yeah definitely um, another show coming to Netflix soon, Space Force. Yes, starring Steve Carell with the uh, the showrunner from The Office. Man, like this is a this is a cool thing. Kind of a yeah. uh, a workplace comedy based on a team in space. That's that's fun, right? Yeah, I think it's great. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about it. I I remember them. They brought this up. They or they announced it shortly after they announced that the, uh, the Office was leaving Netflix. Right. And I actually thought it was a joke when, when I first saw the link and then I clicked on it. I was like, nope, Netflix really is bringing this up. Yeah. Like, I, it's a great idea. I was reading, I guess it starts in May, perhaps. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. Considering this is like set up almost like another office. I mean, they didn't say it was really a mockumentary, did they? It's just a regular no. show. But it's, but it's but, like a workplace type show. Right. I wonder if we'll get cameos from people in the office. Cause I think as long as they can, that would happen. I But see, everybody's so... It seems like everybody except for Steve Carell and um, John Krasinski, seems like everybody's so wanting the office reunion anyway. I feel like they'd all be on board with doing cameos for that show. Yeah, especially like... Uh, like Creed or somebody. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, yeah. He's just he's such a sweetheart anyway. Like, he'd right. be all about it. Yeah. Well, and I think The Office is gaining more fans every day. Yeah. People are Young really, fans. Yeah. People are getting into the reruns like, wow, this is a great show. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I could see this being a runaway hit for oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, I'm definitely, I think it comes out in May. I'm looking forward to checking it out, man. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit of toy talk here. Let's do it. Here we go, open the box, it's the part of the show, we'll break your remainder, we'll a bit of toy talk. Here we go, 
Open the box, it's the part of the show We'll break your remain, do a bit of toy talk All right, big underscore Bane This week we're kind of going in a different direction We're going to talk about a different toy line That's uh, recently hit the store shelves In the last few months uh, the Power Rangers Lightning Collection from Hasbro. This is, of course, the first Power Rangers toy line that's ever been done outside of Bandai. And when Hasbro announced they got the license, I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, it doesn't really... That doesn't do much for me. Um, of course, the Lightning Collection is interesting because they're kind of taking characters from every series that they've done. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the first way, which includes the <clears throat> Mighty Morphin White Ranger, which was always one of my favorites as a kid. Uh, Lord Zed, who was one of the main uh, villains. Then, of course, let's see. I can scroll down here. Um, the Shadow Ranger, which was from the Lightning Collection, and the Lightning Collection, the Lightning Edition Red Ranger. Um, what do you think of the figures just of themselves? Uh, I mean, they, they look look good. I mean, I, I, I like the uh, I like the way they did the Lord Zed figure. Yeah, I think he looks pretty badass. Um, but yeah, I mean they they look great. I know for me when I first saw these, I had like no. I'm sorry, it's the Dino Charge Red Ranger, so I was wrong on that. Um, let's see if I can figure out what the other one was. It is the SPD Shadow Ranger, and I don't know anything about those, man. No, I don't know nothing about uh, Power Rangers outside of the maybe the first couple of seasons. I remember watching the Power Rangers all the way up through Power Rangers Zio. I, th- I think that might have been when I stopped. But even then, it was not, I don't know, I wasn't really into it. Yeah. Like, I watched it because I was like, it was, that's what everyone was watching, but I was like, eh, I don't really like this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think for me, you know, my buddy Travis Fowler, we talk about these quite a bit, but I really like the Mighty Morphin figures. I think those are really cool. The White Ranger and Lord Zed are definitely two favorites from this from this series. But sure. Now, I think it's really cool that they're kind of rebooting the Power Rangers toys, though, man. Kind of giving that whole, that classic look to some of the new collectors and new kids yeah it seems like everything from the uh late 80s early 90s is making a comeback it really is it's kind of becoming like the whole new what's old is new again you know yeah with he-man masters of the universe possibly coming out well not possibly it is coming out soon so sure lots of cool stuff happening for sure anyway let's uh let's take a break let's get mitchell lee back on the show and then me and bane will be back to close it up boom it's time for the interview segment on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I'm here in Breaker and Bane headquarters being joined by the one and only Mitchell Lee. What is up, man? Not a lot, man. Doing pretty good. Pretty busy. Got married. Got a baby on the way. Life is changing for you. I love it, though. That's awesome, right? Oh, yeah. I'm super... I mean, I never thought I'd have a kid. It was, you know... Even my wife, she was like, you know, you know, it was just one of them deals where it was hard. It was supposed to be hard for her too, right? And uh, but uh, man, uh, so it's really a blessing. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was I was super happy to hear that. So people may not know you were actually on the podcast before. It's been a couple of years ago, but uh, you know, you were going by at the time Big Rig Billy Ray. You kind of ventured into the wrestling world, which is how we met. You kind of became a ring announcer, and we're training in the ring a little bit. Um, now, what a lot of people may not know, we touched on this a little bit in that podcast, but you actually spent a good majority of your younger adult years living in Nashville um, uh, doing some country music stuff, right? Yeah. Um, 
I lived in Nashville for 10 years. Um, country music is, that's my passion. That's what I do do, you know. It's, that's my, that's what I've spent a lifetime learning to play music, writing songs, uh, living down there. I mean, you know, I still, I still play music, um, you know, like when I he was here last time, we, I was doing the wrestling thing, which I still love wrestling, and I, you know, I still, uh, I still enjoy that character and all of that thing. But you know, life goes, and it was always like, you know, some people take, you meet people who take it super serious, and I'm just someone is doing it as a, uh, as you know, fun, a hobby, maybe. Yeah, yeah it kind of. Uh, you know, I kind of got derailed there, but nothing like, oh, you know, it's uh, right. It never, I never had no huge aspirations other than just having a great time, which I had a great time, and I often miss hanging out and doing that. But uh, like I said, I don't have a lot of time to think about anything but work and my music, and you know, because before that is a kid and a what you know, and a wife, and uh, the baby will be in June, and so uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm super busy, just like becoming a family man. I <laughs> yeah, guess, absolutely. You know what I mean, so. well, even trying to get together to do the podcast wasn't the easiest thing, you know, because you, you're you're working nights, you know, like you're a busy man. Yeah, I work nights. I have like I'm off on Wednesday and Thursday, which are like the worst days in the week to be off. Right. But, you know, um, you know, but I do what I can until the change comes, and uh, yeah, you know, so you know, God will take me to the next step. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Now to kind of go off onto the country music thing, what what age were you when you moved to moved to Nashville to pursue that? Uh, I was twenty one. I'd been twenty one for. I waited to move to Nashville when I was twenty one, just so I wouldn't have no issues getting into bars. Right. Well, yeah. it's just probably yeah, you know, a big thing, right? Yeah, right. I mean, mo- most of the most of the music you play down there is uh, in a bar. So, yeah. I know the funny thing about that is your journey with that, and I think most guys' journey into pro wrestling are very similar. You know, moving out of state, pursuing it full on and everything. But I think the difference in with wrestling is like, okay, I go get trained, then I start working shows. Nashville's got to be a little bit different. It's not like, I mean, you're doing anything you can to get noticed by someone who can make a life-altering decision for you, right? I mean, like that's is that kind of the, the plan? Well, there's two streets and there's two roads into music. There or there's three roads to music in Nashville. There's the producer side of it, and then uh, where people go to college and get degrees and learn how to produce music, and then they get out and try to get an internship or a job. Never was my thing. I hate school. Plus, I never want to be like a producer of other people's music. Um, the other thing is is there's the artist route where which is just a guy who likes to sing and play with a band doesn't really write or anything um he goes down you know he usually plays downtown on the strip playing top 40 for the bar crowd you know on for the you know nashville you know the touristy area and then you have the third route which is a songwriting route which you play a lot of the same bars and you play other venues and you writing songs, and you're trying. You write with other people, and trying to get in that way. Those are the three main ways. Three, you know, main ways to try to get into music. There. Now, as a producer, I'd say that's kind of super hardest route. And I say is because people who producing those are jobs that don't go nowhere. Right. Old dudes sit on those jobs producing albums until, until they die. Until right? they die. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so that's definitely got to know somebody. Get in. 
Um, then the then 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 the uh, the artist route is, is is probably the most similar to wrestling. Um, you go uh, you go where the crowd is, big or small, and you perform what they want to see, and um, and uh, yeah, you basically do it for no money. Um, and when you say like what they want to see, you're in your talk about like top 40 you're talking the radio hits right 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 so like oh, like you know like oh, like because you know like even at indie level you know you see guys still you know they want to keep with the themes that people right. see on tv that's popular so that that's what i mean when i say you know they they really give people what they know they they like out of out of wrestling you know um and then there's the songwriter route which has elements if you're a singer songwriter then you're you have the element of also the artist and then the writer so like uh, as a singer songwriter you got to find all those gigs play those gigs those gigs are a little harder because um a if you're playing in a bar where they feature songwriting um a lot of times the people are not there for songwriting you're just kind of the entertainment of that week right and then you have the gigs that you try to find that are geared towards songwriting um where people come to hear new and original music i think that's the problem i'm having with my music now that i'm back in tulsa is there's not a whole lot of uh that going on right now there is some of it but um not in the magnitude there is in nashville so um you know and yeah you want to just like wrestling uh, you want to stand out sure. amongst other people you, you got to right. try to figure out what what you do that makes people remember you Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you're a great songwriter, that might just be your songs. If you're a great singer, that might just be your singing. If you are a decent singer and a decent songwriter, then maybe you can craft the two together. I kind of feel that's the boat I'm in. Like you, you know, you're good enough at singing, good enough at writing songs to be entertaining. So, well, and I think the parallel too with wrestling is you have to find someone who is like. I'm willing to spend money on this guy because I feel like I will get paid back double, right? I mean, essentially, because there's no reason why they would invest in someone they didn't see potential yes. in. And I think trying to find that is luck and timing. Every bit of that. Also, one little thing, which is I'm seeing this in some wrestling too, but not as much as you see it in music, is YouTube channels and uh, like social media. Self-promoting, right? Yeah, it tends to help a singer more than a wrestler because like a wrestler man you need a ring and you need an opponent and you need you need those elements as a songwriter i just need a guitar and a good song right and so i think the internet helps music artists a little more than they do wrestlers but i have seen some really cool like uh wrestling things that people put on the internet unfortunately it's usually some dumbass doing something stupid but. that tend well, like i saw a clip on twitter just today where these guys were having like a match in walmart yeah and they're going through like tables and stuff yeah and, and the caption was like it said don't try this at home never yeah. said don't try this at walmart right i mean it's the stupidest thing yeah. in the world but it's, it's all to get attention right but yeah. it, but it does make you stop and watch for right. a second it right? truly truly does i saw these guys who made a, a, a you've probably seen the video it's a, they've taken an old giant sized trampoline and uh, barbed it with barbed wire all the way, and then the dudes are wrestling on it. Like, jeez, it's barbed with whole things barbed wire, and it gives. I mean, it's just dumb. And I saw another video where a guy took uh, almost a two-story jump off of a in a mall 
and he actually landed it, and it looked really cool. I saw that too. But extremely stupid for a guy who doesn't really, you know, you don't have a career, so let's break your neck before you. I mean, I, I guess I never loved wrestling that much. But, but, and, and that same token, if he's just out there chain wrestling, is that video going viral? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's where, unfortunately, it's like you have to do something it's crazy. You have to do something yeah. to get people to stop and look. Yeah. People's attention spans are so much shorter nowadays yeah. in that regard. Um, well, to kind of change gears, um, so, you, so you, you you eventually leave Nashville, and that's when we met, and um, that's when you kind of got into the wrestling a little bit. Were you always a fan of wrestling as well as a young kid? Oh yeah, I love wrestling. Like I, I'm 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 a big wrestling fan. Uh, like like a lot enough to enough to want to be associated with it in a sure. way. You know, I feel I feel if you want to be associated with it, or if you ever even if you work on a small show. Um, you just gotta love it. I mean, because it takes time. It takes up your time. It yep. takes up your, you know. And it's like uh, you've got to kind of love it to get involved, um, you know. So absolutely, especially on a smaller scale, because there's no money really. Yeah, at all. Absolutely, and it's all about. Um, that's the other thing about uh, pro wrestling and music is it's all about the love. Mm-hmm. It's oh, all definitely. about the love. Yeah. Um, um, you got to be willing to do it for free. Um, because there's no money in it. That that brings me to a question. So if you're in Nashville and you're performing and you're ga- you're gaining steam, people are learning who you are. Yeah. Is it one of those things where you can be like, all right, well, yeah, I'll come play your gig, but I'm gonna need, I don't know, hundred bucks. Yeah, I think. But, uh, but is, are people willing to even pay that? Because there's so many other guys that will do it for free. Um, in in the city of Nashville, when it comes to songwriting, man, those gigs are always almost. You're always doing them for free, right? Because your payment is, oh, we are music it's exposure, city, right? And we are giving you an outlet for people to hear your music. Now, if you're doing like you know, like like if you're a songwriter who also does the gigs, then absolutely, um, it's just like wrestling. It's butts in the seat, man. Like now, granted, some clubs might only pay four hundred dollars for a band, you know, and you might. Be, so you're splitting that probably four or five ways, right? Yeah, right, right, and so uh, which is pretty. Four hundred ain't bad for a band. That's that's that's, that's the guy. That's every guy, especially if it's in your hometown. That's every. That's a guy clearing a hundred bucks for. You pay me a hundred dollars to sing for four hours and drink beer. I mean, that's right. That's yeah. So that's a good. That's a good deal. But I think the bigger you get, you know, the more you know. That's how it works in Nashville. You know, you might like like you start out in a. This is one way. You start out in a small club, you you play a lot there. People start to like you. They start to come. They start to bring their friends. The bar sees, oh crap, this guy. All right. these people always come see this guy. Um, so you know, then at that point, you know, they might offer you more money, or you know, you just climb to the bigger venue. You know, and you just keep playing in bigger venues, big getting bigger crowds. You know, and you know, again, a lot of luck. Yeah, right and, place, and right nowadays, time. nowadays a lot of guys will literally pay to be an opening act. Sure, um, because um, like say Luke Combs is coming to the BOK, and he needs someone to open for him for just this city for some reason. There are literally guys who will pay them. You know, granted, you got to be good enough for them to take. You know, they don't want just anyone opening for them. Right, but that's also a great because then you have like a guy like. Luke Combs or Chris Stables, you know, one of the big guys today, 
they're obviously going to have like a crowd full of people. So that's like an automatic, uh, you know, thousands of people getting to hear you right. right out of the gate. So sometimes, you know, people try to play festivals or try to play. Just get their name out there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, 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 I think entertainment is entertainment. Um, wrestling reminds me of, uh, I used to always say uh, wrestling, uh, wrestling remind me of honky tonking a lot. You know, you, you perform for small crowds and little dark venues and, yeah. You know, there's, uh, and you do it in a different, you know, like I, I could be, a, I could be a working musician. I could probably clear as much money as I make in a week doing what I do. Um, I am that good, but then I would never be home. I'd, I'd, it'd be a, it would be a hundred and fifty dollar gig every night. You know, somewhere in Dallas, somewhere back in Tulsa. And well, then you're factoring in, in your travel money. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, and, and, and you know, and it just depends on how what you want to do and how much you want to do you know like uh yeah um so like i could definitely do that but at the end at the end of the day like you said after travel expenses and everything i i it would it would it would mileage yeah it wouldn't be worth being away from home at this point you know yeah um ironically i was about to go back to doing that i even had the wife's permission but then she we found out she was pregnant and i kind of i kind of put that on hold that's why i started getting into this uh fitness rep you know getting back into like trying to because you know i got a slight weight problem <laughs> well did, but, it, uh, did it change your perspective though when you found out that you were going to be a dad yeah just be, yeah just because um you know like always you know my dad always looked up to my dad still do um just period you know just period because he's he's a cool dude and, and i think I, I think i'd have that relationship with my son either way but i think little superficial things also creep in your head you know like when my son's like when we're watching predator you know and like ripped up arnold's like kicking ass you know i just kind of i want my son to be able to look at me and associate me this is the same as that i just don't want to be like you know fat dad on the couch you know so that's really lit a fire underneath me you know because uh, i want to be because i being 30 i'll be 36 this year so you know by the time the my kid is son and I'm having a son. His name's I'm naming him William after my great great grandpa. That's awesome. Um, but uh, like uh, you know, when he's like five and six and starting to want to start playing sports, or I mean, I don't know, he might just like to draw or play guitar, which I'm fine with that too. But but uh, if he's anything like me, he'll want to do everything. And uh, I just I'll be 41. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, my dad was 20 years old when my dad was 30 when I was 10. Because my dad's like exactly twenty years older than me, so like, I'm just started putting that into perspective a little bit, like, you know, so like, when he graduates high school, I'm gonna be like, the fifty year old, like my dad's age now, like, so I just want to be like a Randy Couture fifty. Yeah, yeah, I understand <laughs> he, that. Yeah, it's good motivation though, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, it, it's great motivation. It's scary motivation too because it's like. I'm always one of them guys. I got to have a cause. I got to have a reason sure. to do something, and so like the scary part of that is, is like, you know, it's like, oh, everything, you know, I'm doing so well because I have this, you know. So sometimes, you know, things get a little, you know, oh man, I hope I don't fall off the, I hope I don't lose this motivation, or hope nothing happens that right. takes it away, you know. But, well, and I also know too, like when you're when you're working your regular job, you know, it is it is what it is. It's your paycheck and all that stuff. Like you said, you could make maybe the same money traveling to Dallas or other venues. Yeah. 
But at a certain point, yeah, you're doing what you what you love, but you're also doing a lot of traveling, which you probably aren't going to love. And, yeah. and and I think sometimes that's the weird trade off that people don't understand when you're when you're in a business, you know, of entertainment, whatever it is. Well, I love the travel, and I love road life, and I love different. I love that, but I love it too much that it's just kind of like it's not. It's not for me right now. I sure. really, I mean, um, the road and that type of life is a. I'm not going to say it's a young. Obviously, I'm going to use the term young man because when you're young, you don't, you don't have wives or serious girlfriends or whatever, and so that tends to make that life a little easier. Sure. Um, when, then when you have sending money home and you know, and I, you know, this is my second marriage, so you know, you learn a lot from. You know, you learn a lot from the last one. <laughs> and uh, so, like, I think the dear Lord is kind of grounding me right now. Um, but I have high hopes for uh, what my son can be. Uh, if you haven't seen Jay and Silent Bob, the reboot yet. I have not. Is it good? Uh, it's, it's excellent. Um, I was, I mean, I don't know why they didn't get a, a theater release here in town. I, we had to wait till came out on dvd but there's this awesome scene in it with ben affleck's character the same character he plays in chasing amy and those other movies but he gives this whole story about um when you have a kid um having a kid's kind of like your reboot like oh, now yeah. now it's a really great speech it's like a it's like a two-minute speech in the movie because they go to like this comic con thing it's really good you'd enjoy it yeah uh, if you like those movies and he uh he um gives him the speech about you know when you when you have a when you have a kid it's almost like a reboot like you're no longer the main character and life's not really about you anymore it's about this new character and like and now your job in the storyline is to help that character see their story through you know and that really resonated with me i guess cuz you know i you know i have big dreams and i obviously you know I I've had fun chasing those dreams, but I never sure. got to do what I want. You know, I, you know, I never got to go to that next level. But uh, but I think sometimes. But though, my kid could. Well, yeah, but I think <laughs> also too when when you are young and you think like, oh, this is what I want. I want this, this, and this. But then your your dreams change too. You know, as you get yeah. older, as you mature, as you start to think about life, like you said, like how great would that be if your kid you know follows in your footsteps and dives right. into music? That would be amazing. Yeah, like in you know, and uh, his, my wife, um, Sam, you know, she's a great musician too. So, um, yeah, I, it, music's going to be in the kids' blood, right? Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, but you never know. Kids are their own people, and yeah. uh, one thing that I've learned, one thing that I learned, I had a great dad, but um, one thing I learned is like, um, you know, to encourage. Um, in a healthy manner like you know i won't ever lie to my kid i'm 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 against them parents who tell their kids they're great at something when they're clearly not i won't ever be that dad but i will but if my kid is just remotely good at something i i think i will want to like i'll do whatever i can to to help him get his best at that as he wants to you know i'm never gonna be a uh you can't do that guy you know i mean unless it's just you know if he's like 150 pounds and wants to play offensive line. I mean, I'm gonna have to tell him, hey, bud, you know, yeah, right? <laughs> You're not gonna be able to do that. But you know, but uh, but I definitely want to be someone who 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 I want to be a dad who encourages. 
and I also want to be a dad who can participate, you know, and so, like, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's why I just have started eating right and exercising every day. Well, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. So I know, um, me and you met up probably about a month ago now, and, um, you were kind of telling me you had kind of dove into the DDP yoga and really started, you know, pursuing more fitness than you ever had, I guess, right? Well, um, I don't know if it's more fitness than I ever have. Like, you know, I, I, I played, I played sports and, uh, high school football, high school wrestling, uh, uh, also wrestling and football from football from second grade through 12th grade and then wrestling from fifth grade through 12th grade wow um so i wouldn't say that it's the most i've done it's just it's it's getting back to it being like in school you know you fourth period is you know because we were on a block schedule at manford so you know the last two and a half hour class is football practice, wrestling practice. If you're if the sport's out, you know, because you go from wrestling, you go from football straight into wrestling. But once wrestling's over, then you have off season until spring, you know. And so, uh, getting back in that of okay, I've got to spend an hour in the gym every day. Right. Um, but yoga, DDP yoga for me has got me back in that. Like for instance, like today I'm a panicky because I don't know when I'm going to get to go to the gym because. Ideally, I guess I could have went this morning, but I worked all night and I got home at 8.30 and then Sam had to go to work. So it was just like, and I had to do laundry. So I was like, it, I, I worked out right before I went to work last night. So really my workout time is the evening, but I'm watching my nephew today. And it's weird before I would just probably be like, oh, I don't care. But today, I can work out tomorrow, right? Right. But today I'm like, no, nah, man. I mean, and I, at the very least, I do a DDP yoga workout. Um, I love DDP yoga. Um, I love uh, um, it's tailor made for guys like me, guys who were athletes in high school. But once high school was up, we just got fat, fatter. You know, like I, I moved to Nashville, athletics. You know, because I kind of rebelled against that. When anybody told me, "Hey, man, you got to be a thirty-two gene if you want to have an album cover," I'm the type of guy to be like, "You know, fuck you. I'm a great musician. I, I think my music is as good as this guy's." You know, why should I have to, you know, look a certain way? You right. know, like I, I see these people always getting mad because here lately you see this trend where they're like talking about how beautiful fat women are. And you see this group of people who are like, oh, they're glorifying fatness. And I, I agree with them. I don't think you should tell people that fat sexy so that fat people, and this is coming from a fat person, can be like, not feel bad. I think they're trying you, to like not hurt feelings. Right. Maybe. I I think you should teach people to t- if someone's fat, there's reasons people are fat. Not every fat person's just a lazy bum. You know. Right. It's a combination of things. You know. I'm fat. I wouldn't call myself lazy in the sense I don't go to the gym. I quit exercising. But you know, I'm the type of guy. I mow my own grass. I rake yeah. my own leaves. I go to work every day. I'm, I wouldn't consider myself lazy. But I come from fat people. Like if you look at my family. <laughs> You know, it's like, so I've, you know, so, but, you know, so I don't, I feel like we should teach people to like, you know, you know, not to make fun of fat people or I don't want to use the, you know, the word tolerate almost sounds, sounds rude, but I just think, I don't think you should try to make people feel like being fat is okay because it's not okay. As a fat person, 
I recognize that it's a health issue, that it's a sure. health issue. Like when you're young, you like I'm young enough still that being fat don't feel like a health issue. But I've worked in the health field and I know that in another 20 years, it, it, it will it will be. And uh, so I the thing that always bothers me is, you know, people want to get you know, there's this backlash at, oh, you know, don't tell fat people they're beautiful and don't give them, don't, don't give them, uh, movie deals. And, and, and that part kind of does bother me because on, no one's arguing the flip side. I mean, why do right. I have to be thin though, to be a singer? Right. You know, so because it doesn't affect right. your voice so, so, or your and music that, and, writing. Right. And I think that's the part, even though I do agree with the media and I don't think we should glorify obesity just to make people feel better. I also think we should look at the, the, the hypocrisy or you, Miley Cyrus puts a chubby girl in a video. The world goes crazy because they're like, oh, they're saying this fat girl's good looking. But meanwhile, as a fat guy who spent 10 years in Nashville, the one thing I can honestly say I've been told the most is that I needed to lose weight. And I find that very offensive that nine times out of 10, if you're fat, you can't even get a record deal, even if you're a better singer than that guy. But the one time, you know. Is it like them looking at like the image? Yeah, because sex sells, and so sex sells, so it's like, uh, it's the same in the wrestling business. Sure. You get, every once in a while, yeah, you have your Dusty Roads, every Mm -hmm. once in a while you have, you you know, but for the most part. There's exceptions to the rules. Right, there's, there's, there, but for the most part, and there is in country music, like we talk about Luke Combs, I mean, he's the chubby guy in country music right now, I mean, there's always a heavy set actor or heavy you know there's always they always have that well it's like you got the chris farley he's the funny fat guy right right but who really wants to be the funny fat guy all the time and you're not the funny fat and guy. he's not going to be doing like romantic comedies or action movies right which but he probably could he probably have. could but yeah. that's not what he's that's not what he was right for. and so the, the 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 thing is i just find it i'm seeing this trend where it's like oh everybody's getting mad because people are saying big is beautiful big is beautiful it's not healthy yeah to say that something like like bodybuilding is super unhealthy. Like bodybuilders are super unhealthy people. They are aesthetically they look like jacked muscle guys, but their internals at are if you've not seen there's this documentary on Netflix about Ronnie Coleman. Go watch I, it. My dad told me about that. Let me tell you, dude, bodybuilding is just as dangerous as being fat as any other thing, but 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 society looks at a guy who's all jacked and he's muscled up and he says, Oh, that guy is That guy's a he, picture he, of health he, right yeah, there. But he's really he's really he's really not. And so or like models who get super skinny or people who are addicted to plastic surgery to look to look to look beautiful. So to so to say, oh, Big isn't beautiful is also a lie because big can be beautiful. It's not healthy. Just like being Jack can look beautiful, but it and ain't that, and always that's healthy. A, and that's a good explanation. Yeah, big can be beautiful, but it's not necessarily. It's healthy. not necessarily healthy. I see yeah. lots of. I see. I love big women. You know what I mean. I mean. I. I mean. So and you know. I love all. I'm attracted to all sorts of women, but I see beautiful. I see women plus size women who are beautiful that a lot of times. You know, could they get a record deal? Would they? They could be the best actress in the room, right? Be the best singer in the room, but they're not. They, I guess that's what I was getting back. That's what offends me about this whole people getting all upset because there's a couple of fat people getting called beautiful, and it's just making a lot of people upset. When the truth is, normally nine out of the ten, or let's say, if you think about it, they're all the celebrities in the world. We can name on two hands the the fat ones. 
yeah. and they're all exceptions to the rule. Right. And but they, I mean the same with wrestling. Right, right, right. right. So so I mean I think if you're gonna get into the entertainment business, you also need to be realistic about that. Yeah. You know, like and I always you know, I would not say that I was unrealistic. I've just always I've always had confidence in my personality and my ability to speak that uh, I always thought I could be that exception to the rule. Right. But here's the thing. There's many people trying to be that exception to the rule as there are the other as anything else. There's sure. as many fat people trying to be pro wrestlers, there's as many fat mm-hmm. people trying to be singers, there's as many fat people trying to be all of that, you know what I mean? So so and and I'm telling you that I, I run into more I mean the problem is there's as many talented fat people as there are the thin people. So here's the so here's the problem you run into trying to be the the, the one chosen, you know, like right. person that doesn't have to be, you know, calendar model, you know, um is not only are you competing against all the beautiful people, you're also competing against all the other big people like you who who might be better in some ways. Right. And they're also like you not getting the shot. So it's kinda like if you're if you know that you know there's more spaces for beautiful for what they call beautiful there's more spaces for that and if you're only if you're in that realm and only competing against that you know um well, well like how do you think dusty Rhodes would have reacted if they brought in another charismatic fat guy he probably wouldn't have liked it right no absolutely that's, that's abso- his spot absolutely absolutely not and but see that's the thing with wrestling and that's the thing with you know with music you know wrestling is visual mm-hmm. wrestling wouldn't be that fun if all I had could hear was Michael Cole. No. I mean, I mean, and, 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 and now if maybe if it was Jr. and the King, I could probably listen to that. Yeah, just them because they're funny. But I mean, pro wrestling, you know, with music, I feel like they should be a little even less prejudiced because a lot of times you hear a song on the radio or or and that's changing though too. You know, the world is ever changing because. Because the radio isn't what it used to be either. Because well, no now, one who listens to the radio anymore. You well, know? now if I plug my phone into my into my car, yeah, and I play a song, the album cover yeah. comes up on the screen. Right. I mean, so it is becoming more visual. Well, I mean, music video killed the radio star. That's a true statement. But with but with music though, like a good song, like like I said, with a wrestler, man, you you you've got to. Know, you've got to, you've got to have TV. You've got to have that ring. Right. You've got to have that match, man. Uh, you could a good song can still translate. I think like you know you don't have no internet. You're on right. a road trip. You can't hook up that phone. But what always comes through, AM FM radio. You tune it to the to your favorite local station. In my instance, it would be country, and I'm I might hear a guy. I might be. Like, Whoa, what is, is that this? song? I've, yeah. and and that's the beauty of music because 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 sometimes it, have, have you ever heard a song before you saw the artist? Absolutely. And then you saw the artist's face, and you were like, "Holy shit, that's not at all what not I thought." At all that, what I, I thought, thought that guy yeah. was gonna look like. Yeah. And so so that's the beauty of uh, of music. Because well, you radio. put an image in your head, right, right of what right. that person right. would look like, and yeah. you're like, "Oh." Okay, that's like, not what I expected. Exactly, I'm the I'm more worse with women singers than I am, you know. Like I'll be, like, oh, she sounded like a blonde, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's crazy. Yeah, but uh, anyway, man, let, let's let's take a break here, and uh, if you don't mind, we'll uh, we'll restart here for part two. Not a problem.
And we're back. We're back. A uh, big thank you to our buddy Mitchell Lee for joining us here on the show, and he'll be back on again next week for part two. Big underscore Bane. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? I think that's it. Pretty fun show this week. I know it's kind of a uh, weird time for everybody, so we definitely want to give you some entertainment while we can. Yeah. Because, you know, this quarantine life is is brutal, man. Yes. it's uh, Some people are working under less than desirable conditions. Some people are not working, and it's just... It sucks for everybody, but, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, we're all in this together, and we will get through it and uh, get back to uh, some some form of normalcy, hopefully. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, definitely check out some other podcasts from some of our podcasting buddies. Uh, Fully Posable, uh, the Wrestling Figure Podcast, drops every Sunday, just like this show. Jeff's actually been putting out a lot of uh, bonus episodes, like yes. Telephone and things like that, and I did a watch-along with him and mm-hmm. giving people more content, which is always cool, so... Check out Fully Posable, and they they just released the uh, Listener Cardback Series 3 shirt, man. Yes. Me, you, Jeff, Scott, and Jason Wolf are the four horsemen. How cool was that, dude? Yeah. That was that was badass. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, Jason Wolf, of course, is J.J. Wolf, as in J.J. Dillon. Oh, yeah. Which I thought really brought that whole design together. So Absolutely. You can pick up that Listener Cardback shirt on whatamaneuver.net right now. Of course, Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger, Cam Crager, all those guys always doing fun, different shows on different movies and stuff. So give them a follow. Oh, and uh, I got to give them a shout out too. Uh, I believe it was Jordan that signed up for our Patreon. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So, Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, we appreciate we, it. We appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they actually just um, put an episode out on My Cousin Vinny, which is a very fun episode. Awesome. Very, I haven't listened to it yet, but it's a great movie. Yeah. Classic, like late 80s early 90s film so definitely want to check that out very cool uh the positively pro wrestling podcast um really fun retro look at wrestling um steve over there's got an amazing vhs tape collection which i am so jealous of he's got it set up kind of like a video store nice uh, very very cool stuff he's actually supposed to be on our show sometime soon we were going to record in tampa of course that did not happen so yeah we'll have to get him on down the road but check out the ppw podcast positively pro wrestling and uh, Eric and Barry with doing the favor. Yes. I like everything about these guys except their fandom for Bill Venus. Well, you know, like that. I just, it's unacceptable. I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of pissed off at Bill right now anyway. So yeah. I, what I'm, happened there, man? I'm kind of, kind of on your side right now. Uh, well, there was some so, friction. I heard some, I heard about some friction and some money and I, everything else. Yeah. Well, I, I, I I asked him at the beginning of the season, like, hey, I started up, you know, Outsiders Beard Go, and do you mind if we do do an ad for it? And he said, sure, just let let me, you know, just give me the script, whatever. And so I gave him a script. Yeah. Well, anyway. I mean, you're part of the show, too. You shouldn't have to, like, get his permission to do a ad read. Right. I mean, really, I shouldn't, but. I mean, you, you do all the technical work for him, too, don't you? Well, we have we have Kevin at studio, oh, yeah. but he's been kind of MIA, as so I've been kind of filling in for him. But and it's just, but he had me write out this stupid contract, and I was like, okay, well you're at, like you're advertising with me, whatever. And anyway, he somehow snuck in like a six hundred dollar ad fee for every time he plays the ad. What the hell? And so he, told you the guy's toxic. He man. played it twice before this week, and then after listening to it. He played it a third time, so he already took out twelve hundred dollars. I haven't checked, but he probably took out eighteen hundred altogether. Why is he taking out so much money? I, I have no idea. 
See, how do people he, he, like this guy? He he got himself a brand new iPhone oh, on my dime. Oh, that's what he on was on my off. dime. And he said, like, well, you broke my phone. Yeah, but he had a 3GS. What's that worth? 50 bucks? Right. And it's like, <laughs> come on, man. And so I've, I've been a little bit peed off at him anyway. And it just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to tell you what to do, man. But I would recommend just slapping the piss out of him. I, I felt great. Yeah. I mean, if I wasn't under contract, I would. Yeah. You know, Charlie Shaw. Hey, just, I, I mean, I don't. Charlie just, Shaw told me I just ought to fake my own death. No, that, that could work. And I've thought about it. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mind showing up there again and just slapping him. Just, so yeah. you know, just I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I, we might have to do it. Because I, I, I enjoyed slapping Bill Venus. Yeah. But Eric and Barry have a great show doing the favor. Uh, check them out. Um, really fun stuff. And Barry's also got the Frost and Pound Boxing Podcast. And, of course, check out our buddy Ryan Buds with Trivia with Buds. He also is selling um, trivia nights over on his Facebook page. So yeah. shoot him a message if you want to do some at-home trivia nights. And uh, he's got tons of topics. I think he said like 500 plus. Yeah. So you're quarantined, you're stuck inside, tired of watching movies, do a trivia night. Fun sure. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, check that out. Um, Jason Wolf, our artist, man. Give him a uh, follow. Check him out. He's doing awesome stuff. Definitely. I hate... That I love the Bill Benis shirt. Yeah. Because the artwork's amazing. I just hate looking at Bill Benis's face. Yeah, and Bill actually did want me to tell you thanks for uh, shipping all those shirts to everybody. Wait, what? I didn't do that. Yeah, well, he said that you you might want to check your bank account. Damn because it. he said that you paid for them. Damn it! So, yeah, you, uh, I guess, sent one to Eric, Barry. I guess oh. I have one coming in the mail. Well, I'm sure I have my own version coming. So, yeah. I, and I mean, you know, him, him buying a shirt... For myself is one thing, but him buying it for other people—that's yeah. The guy's going to get his ass kicked. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm getting to the point where I'm ready for it, you know, because it's going to happen. Nobody steals from Bigger to Score Bane and gets away with it. Last person to do that, Bigger to Score Bane. <laughs> <laughs> is that Creed Bratton? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I was about to say, no, it's that guy that stole your CDs in high school. <laughs> Uh, what a douchebag that guy is. I'm so glad I don't run into him anymore. Oh, me too. Uh, that was the worst. I mean, it was like when I first moved back, every time I was in Walmart, I'd see him. Yeah. I just want to talk, and I'm like, no, get away from me. You F suck. You that. suck. Um, wrestling comic books, check out Grapple Hold and To Be The Man, Evil Ain't Good. You can find both of those on Amazon. You can also find To Be The Man on Comixology. Uh, not to mention Breaker and Bane's Power Pro Wrestling. Yes. You can find that video game. Uh, from Pack and Sack Dave, he's got his website. We have that in the show notes, I, I believe now. Just yes. shoot him a message. You can also find him on Facebook, Pack and Sack Dave, all one word. Mm -hmm. Shoot him a message. Let him know you want Breaker and Bane's Power Pro Wrestling, and he will make it happen for you. Yeah. Uh, Banemania, the album is out. It's available. And speaking of that, man, I we should we should plug what you've got going, man. You got something oh, yeah. in the works. Yeah, here. I've got a I've got a I've got a show coming up. Um, <laughs> I was supposed to have one March twenty eighth. That did not happen due to not. the uh, quarantining. So uh, uh, this coming Friday, I will be live streaming on Facebook at 7 o'clock. I will be doing a full set, probably about 25, 30 minutes long. So, oh, wow. Um, any, any, what are we, uh, you know what you're going to be playing yet? Yeah, yeah. I got some uh, some stuff off Bane's World. I got some stuff off Bane of Mania I'll be playing. Are we gonna, um, is Mark Music going to be on there? Probably. That's yes. one of my favorites. That's yeah. actually our outro song yeah. here. One that of my will, favorites. That will pro I'm trying to... Clean everything up a little bit. Sure. Some of the ones that have the wordy dirds because because uh, I, I I don't want to say that it's like you know 
only people over 18 can watch, but I mean, like I, I want it to be for everybody, you know? And so I'm trying to, trying to clean stuff up a little bit. So if I can't, you know, uh, I'll pre-apologize. There it is. There it is. So check that out. And yeah. of course, uh, check out our other podcasts as well. Oh, wait, hang on. I don't know if I mentioned it'll be on Facebook. Did I mention you that? You said that, yeah. Okay, Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Facebook.com slash Big Bane if you want to watch. Bane in your house. Friday at 7. Yes. Boom. There it is. And that's on the Bane page, right? Yes. So just follow Bane on Facebook. Yep. Give him a like. Boom. Yep. There it is. Boom. Uh, our other podcast, Back to the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, we just dropped episode 39, Deadpool. Yeah. Which was a repro game. First one we've ever done. That was that was fun. And episode 40 will actually be up by that point, actually. Um, now that I think about it, that will be uh, Baseball Simulator 1000. Nice. That game probably no one's ever heard of. Nope. Gotta love Brett for picking the weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> he always picks these weird ones. I was like, you do realize, like, when you pick weird ones, like, people are probably not going to listen to that because they have no connection to it whatsoever. <laughs> right. But, you know, that's what happens when you pick a guy like Brett as your co-host. Good grief. Dummy. I think he might be worse than Bill Benis. They'd probably make good podcasting partners. I don't know. That'd be awful. <laughs> awful. No, yeah, it'd be a terrible show. Yeah. But, you know, they'd probably be good for each other. Yeah, probably so. But I guess, I mean, I don't know if you want to plug it or not still, but no holds barred with Bill Benis. You're still a part of it, last no, I heard. I'm, I'm contractually obliged to uh, to do it. So, yeah, uh, no holds barred with Bill Benis. I'm there. We're, we've pre-recorded everything except for the season finale. There's only one episode left before the season finale, so... Uh, it's it's coming up quick. The season's almost over, and it's going to be weird this time because people are actually talking about it. You know, this go around, it's going to be weird having a season break. You know, yeah. now that people are kind of into it, it's going to yeah. be kind of weird. So uh, yeah, but season finale is coming up. Um, not next week, but the week after. I know Bill's trying to you know have a uh, have like a legit call-in show. Oh Jesus! So. Uh, he wants me to figure out how to work that in somehow. So I, I don't know how, but was you know. the last two were so well done. Yeah. And that's the thing is he's wanting like an actual, like a, a real one this time since the other two were failed. So, uh, uh we'll figure that out. I don't know if I, I need to download Skype on his new, uh, iPhone 11 pro or what. Yeah. I don't know. But that damn bill Venus. we should charge him for the plug on here. I think we should. Son of a bitch. I'm going to write out a contract. See if I can get him to sign the new sign in sheet. Please do. And then of course, uh, patreon.com forward slash BBPH. Appreciate Jordan Zeilinger uh, joining us as a patron, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the energy shot. We dropped that every Wednesday. Yes, uh, we just did one uh, this past Wednesday. It was kind of the it was the rise and slight fall of Funko. Yeah. Um, now I want to put that out there. It's from our perspective of us really being into it, then not so much. Sure. And um, we, we we know Funko isn't going out of business. You no, know? I think Funko Pops are still super popular, but I think like anything else, um, to me they're kind of on the back burner until something cool comes out. Yeah, a cool new line or whatever. Yep. Like I think if AEW gets Funko Pops, it would be like, whoa, okay. Yeah. But until then, eh, not so much. And then of course you can find all of our T-shirts at uh, bbph.redbubble.com. Yes. I've been posting some of our cooler designs um, that we've done over the last couple of years: the Pillow Buddies, the Funko Pops. I, I still think the Power Horror might be my favorite. Yeah. Although I, have, me and Jason Wolf kind of spitballed an idea that I think may overtake the Power Horror design, and I kind of gave you some insight on it. Yes. And we're hoping to release that this summer. I think that will be the coolest design we've ever done, man. I I know 
just knowing his talents, I know it'll be in my top three that he's done for sure. And what's cool is anytime he really likes doing something outside of the box, which is why he liked doing the horror and the, the Funko pop and stuff. And he seemed excited to do it, which that makes me like even more excited. Cause I know he's like, Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. So, and it kind of crosses off another fandom. You know, we've, we hit a lot of different fandoms in our shirts. Oh yeah. So I think this will be really cool. Absolutely. And of course you can also find t-shirts for me at pro wrestling com forward slash Brian breaker. Um, and then big underscore Bane, you can find your shirts over on whatamaneuver.net. Yes. Absolutely. And then, of course, uh, you're on a bit of a hiatus until things are back to a normal normalcy, I guess. Uh, Outsiders Beard Co. Yeah. You know, uh, this whole whole uh, corona has been kind of throwing me for a loop. I mean, this was supposed to be when the uh, – the, um, oh, the, the scent that I had. What was it called? The cinnamon apple. Well, cinnamon apple was supposed to be gone. S'mores was supposed to be um, sticking around for the spring, but yeah, you know, it just—it's one of those things that just didn't didn't work out. You know, so things are kind of kind of stuck in hiatus right now. So hopefully, hopefully, for too long, we can kind of get back. You know what's weird? Something that I had heard, and I don't know how this will affect TV shows, but I've been getting back into the Arrow and Flash universe, mm-hmm. and I heard this latest season of like. Arrow was already wrapped up, but like the Flash and Supergirl and all them, they were two episodes two episodes shy of what they needed to record. Ooh, so they're just cutting the season off. Oh, and so the big question is because obviously they're not in production, right? Do they try to go ahead when things are back to normal and record those episodes and release them in the summer, or is that just the finale and it ends on a cliffhanger that's not the meant to be the cliffhanger? Yeah. Well, you know that, and that that brings up a whole nother thing that, like, what what happens to television, right? You know what I mean? Because if if people can't get together to record these things, to record these shows, there, there might be a lull, right? At about a year from now, you yeah. know that, or they're going to, I don't know, like, the, and that's almost that, everything's going to have to be like CGI or something. They're going to have to do something, and I'm sure each like Netflix, I know, releases stuff in a schedule, right? Right. And so the good thing about Netflix is they don't put anything out there till it's ready to go. Sure. Boom. It's all recorded. It's there. Um, that is not the case with like network television. No. They record a set number break, yep. set number break, and then they do the, the last few. So I don't know, man. It's definitely going to be an interesting thing for yeah. sure. And like I said, there could be that lull period because once things go back into production, it's not like you can just go, all right, we'll record these two episodes Today, right? You know, it, it takes a while. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they have the scripts and stuff ready, and I'm sure that they can maybe push these out a little quicker than they had planned. But do it, do it over Skype. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Hey, I mean, you never know. Just, just hear Barry going, like making the sounds with his mouth. It makes you wonder what they have planned. <laughs> and I mean, this might kind of like wrestling. I would have never thought we would have seen, you know, what we saw. Right. But we did because think outside of the box because you have to pivot, yeah. you know. So, who knows? So, anyway, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? That is it. Thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. We'll be back next week with Mitchell Lee Part Two. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane, and we will see you guys in seven days. Peace, easy. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> Thank you.
It ain't over till I say it's over So lock the cage up cause this is a takeover The wait's over If this the final time we meet Then you'll be on your back at my feet Then I'll tip the cage over as a hangover I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Double pistols What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can I dig it? Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, put it on the internet.